Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. Today on the podcast, we're welcoming back our friends, Jacqueline and Mina, who are the combined force behind the Product Boss Podcast. They teach business owners how to grow their product-based businesses with smart strategy and a community around them. In addition to the Product Boss, they each own their own businesses. Jacqueline is the owner of Designer Consulting Co-op and has over 12 years of coaching fashion apparel brands and is a startup expert. She formerly owned her own product business, Cuffs Couture, and grew that to international sales. And Mina has over 15 years of entrepreneurial experience and is the owner of Lil Labels and an Amazon expert. In today's episode, we're talking all about how to take your products and what you offer and go deep instead of wide. Now, the cool thing about this philosophy is that it applies to pretty much any type of business, and we give examples for all of them throughout the podcast. So you're getting a spin on how this could apply to all sorts of things, but I really what this boils down to is how are you going to make more off the customers you already have? Hello, ladies. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having us. If you guys don't recognize their voices, which shame on you if you can't, just from that one tiny hello, we have our friends Jacqueline and Mina from The Product Boss back on. We are super excited to have you. We had a good, good time a couple months ago when we had our episode and love having you guys on. And today we're taking the conversation a little bit further and I'm super excited and we will see how many inappropriate innuendos we will get happening on the podcast today. Because today we're talking about how to go deep instead of why with your products <laughs> <laughs> with your products. So first of all, what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> well, that's a great question. So again, we're Mina and Jacqueline from the product boss and we help physical product entrepreneurs. And so one thing that we can, we consult and coach our clients on and even our listeners on the podcast is I think oftentimes people think, and this is probably for service as well, people think that they need to do all the things, you know, throw everything at the wall to make more money versus being super niche down or 
or like we said, going deep on something that you know works. So for physical products, if you are making something, for example, I'll bring up Mina's product. She sells little labels, which are baby bottle labels. So it's like you can hand write your kid's name on it. They go in the dishwasher, that kind of thing. Mina hasn't also made kids apparel, kids lunchboxes, kids everything that parents need to send their kids to school. She's staying with the labels, but maybe she's made variations on the animals or the print that comes on it. And the biggest variation she's made is that she's done a clothing label because the other thing you need to label when you send your kids to preschool or camp or daycare are kids' clothes. So that's the idea of going deep versus wide into lunchboxes and everything else. Yep. Slash, I just got Penny enrolled in actual school. And so I legitimately need those things now. (laughs) Yeah. This is something you guys listening, whether you're service or physical product or not, have heard us say over and over and over again. And it's a lesson like we continue have to relearn and focus ourselves on as well. But we call it, you know, once you identify your MVP, right, your most viable product. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about more in the physical product land, how it's your best seller, even bringing up the conversation of wholesale and how that plays into it. But we talk about your MVP, your most viable product, the thing that you know how to do, like the back of your hand, the thing that's already sold, the thing that your customers, your students, your clients are loving and liking. How can you perfect that process, that product to sell it more and sell it, sell it better? So I know we're going to talk a lot about this. So let's just kind of break this down through a couple different categories. Mina was mentioning earlier that we can kind of go deep with people we've already sold to. So give us some examples of that. And what does that look like? Yeah, it's really hitting them at every level of customer experience. You're at the beginning, you're just really doing those touch points. This is where Pinterest really comes in and your SEO and really bringing the traffic. Jacqueline likes to say, it's like you're a star in the universe. How are you going to get people to find you? A lot of times people say, I'm just going to build a website. Well, that's a lot harder than you think. So you really have to pull those people in. And once they're your customer, it's much easier to get them to buy from you than it is to find new customers. And the idea behind that really is to look at your bestseller. What's already selling and when is it selling? So you're getting busier in your busy seasons instead of trying to create this income or revenue that is consistent, right? You're just simply pushing your strengths in your strong months and being busier because they're already buying. You just want to take the transaction cost, let's say from 15 to $20. That's much easier than trying to sell something in February when it's your slowest month. But when you're looking at the calendar, you're really wishing that you could have more money in February. But it's actually much easier just to be busier in August when that's your busiest month. So really looking at like that when, what, and how. Well, this is by far the hardest lesson Emily and I have had to learn. (laughs) And we historically, without a doubt, have the slowest quarter one. And every year we think our whole business is broken and we must change everything. And we inevitably do change something whether we should or not but i think this <laughs> i think this is important and often it takes you know being in business multiple years to start to realize these patterns but just think about the seasonality of what it is that you're selling like the fact that the, these labels would be great for someone going to school preschool or camp like that narrows down dramatically the time in which someone is likely to buy those items. But you can make a lot of money in that time. So funny enough, all four of us are service businesses, right? And in one way or another, because 
we consult product-based businesses and I'm a consultant for fashion lines. And so it's that same thing. And I think having that perspective, like since I've known Mina, sometimes December to January gets really slow, right? Really like again, that, oh my God, the world's going to end. And I think service is a little bit different, right? Because sometimes you do need that reoccurring income if you're doing one-on-one work. And, but that's what we want you to do. We want you to sort of double down in that time that, you know, like if you're a wedding photographer, you're going to do, you know, when wedding season is, and that's the time you're going to see like, how can you service the most people? Or, or as Mina said, add on to it, right? So whatever your bestseller is, like how can you up what they're paying you? Like what add-ons can you create to make their their final price and higher than what they would average? Well, I think a little bit of this honestly is kind of some mindset junk you guys have to work through because I, for the longest, like Abby said, we're still working through it, but it, I think it's so easy to look at a slow month as you not doing enough work or the right job to get enough sales or what am I, what am I doing wrong? Right. I'm not doing enough. I'm not spending enough time in my business. I I'm not smart enough to make money in January or whatever it may be. And I feel like we beat ourselves up about these slow months thinking they need to be just as good as November or August or whatever it may be. When in reality, like our businesses are situated a lot differently than, than other companies and working for someone else where that salary is going to be consistent all the time. That's definitely something to work towards a consistent salary of what you're actually paying yourself, but money that's coming in, I think making that the end all be all goal to be consistent, it is detrimental sometimes to our success. It is because it makes you want to quit sometimes, right? You have that self-doubt. You're like, I'm not doing it well enough. Look at all these other people selling, but you don't see what's going on behind the curtains. It's even looking at your own consumer spending, right? Even whether your service or product. I spend an ungodly amount in July for some reason. Like, I don't know what I'm spending on because I know I'm spending... So thinking about that, like, you know, a lot of times moms tend to spend more in the summer and not so much, and they do in the fourth quarter. And in January, actually, sales are usually really, really great for a lot of product businesses as well and healthcare businesses and things like that. So thinking about your customer's mind that you just can't convince them when they don't want to be convinced. But if they're, exactly. <laughs> if they're in the habit of buying, I'm pretty sure somebody can sell me anything in July. <laughs> like, just come ask me, I will buy it, you know? So I think it's just remembering that you as con- a consumer, you're the same way. You make, decisions easier on spending sometimes in certain months. And even with, we'll kind of go into the second strategy of that whole, you know, making the transaction higher, you could also be cross-selling. So in the case of service, it's the upsell, the downsell, the side sell, the, hey, you're exiting my website, wait, get 10% off, (laughs) you know? So it's really saying, hey, here's, do you want this? So let's say you're a wedding photographer. Hey, do you want these physical product albums? Do you want this baby bundle for, you know, if you have a baby coming in the way or, you know, that's the engagement to the wedding to the baby or whatever, whatever it is that you're cross-selling to whatever service or products that you have can really, really get you to a higher tier of what they're going to spend with you and loyalty too. Some people have a really tough mindset with that. They're like, no, I don't really want to ask them. No, they don't need it. No, they've already spent so much money with me. And then they don't get the sale. But that's 
literally what you need to do. You need to just ask them and not ask them. Yeah, they already said yes. <laughs> yes. They're way more likely to continue to say yes. Like it's the same. You've been in this situation, whether you realize it or not, even if this is your world and this is what you sell. It's like, it's the example of, okay, I bought, you know, movie tickets. You walk in, that concession stand is like right in your face. You weren't expecting to want popcorn, but all of a sudden you saw the popcorn and you smelled the popcorn and you saw the people walking by with their tubs of buttery goodness. And you're like, oh, damn it. I need fucking popcorn. But you don't really need to be talked into these things. So like we got to stop feeling so guilty about asking for more when they're really they want you to, in some cases, they're like, oh, I don't need it. But if you ask me nice enough, maybe. But so like, logistically, how is this working? Are you sending an email? Is this a legit just upsell on the checkout page? How is this actually working? I mean, all of it. You're, if you plan to sell something, let's say on social media, you should be warming them up. Should only be cold from their side that they don't know you, but warming them up as far as like, if you're cold calling boutiques, if you're posting stuff up on social media, you know, if you're planning on selling, like if I'm planning on selling a camp labels pack, I should be talking about how I'm going to be packing up my daughter's stuff for, for camp or how my schedule is going to change or what we have planned for the summer bucket list. And camp is one of those things. So really talking about it, sending out emails. Jacqueline and I always talk about the unsubscribe. People fight us to the now. They're like, I really don't want to send out emails because I don't want people to unsubscribe. Well, those people don't want to hear from you. Right. So take that as, yeah, a sign in life too. If they don't want to subscribe to you, it's okay. They have other things going on in life. So you don't have to pay for that mailing yeah. list, right? Every time they come off, then you're not paying for that next tier of all the people. They are saving you money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> but I think, I think what, you know, in terms of how do you move them on to the next thing, I think it depends on what you're selling. So let's, if let's, that's wedding photographer idea that we we're going on, let's say you shoot their wedding. You might want to send them a thank you a year later at their one year anniversary. Maybe you send them something special or you send them a reminder. Like you put that in your calendar and you're like, Hey, and by the way, like these are the other things we do. Maybe you're not just showing babies in case that's not the route they're on or whatever it is, but you're staying in contact. So I think it's through email. I think like Mina said, it's like through social media. If you are on Amazon's a perfect example. When you're on Amazon and you're buying a product, it'll tell you below people who bought this have also bought this or add all three of these to your cart. And so if you can kind of recreate that, whether it's on your own website or if you're selling product, you might have suggestions for them depending on like the template you're using. Or if you're you're having a checkout on a service or a course you're selling, there might be that upsell. We took an Amy Porter yeah. course at one point. And as we were checking out, it was like, and get my three PowerPoint templates for an ungodly <laughs> amount of money. <laughs> like, I said, no. And she's like, you'll never get it again at this price. I was like, no. And then like, as I'm going through the course, I was like, I should have bought those. Yeah. Yeah. As far as software too, and Shopify, it's just a plugin. Just like on ClickFunnels or service, it's just the software, I guess. But it's literally, you know, you plug it in, you create the recipes or the formulas that they have on that software, and then the technology does the work for you. We have never lived in such a great day and age to have an online business, physical or service. Like they make it so easy now. Yeah, the the tools are in plethora and you just have to make some decisions and go for it. 
I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important, I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, I can look at this and be like all day long, okay, that sounds great. Like that sounds amazing. And then we can get so bogged down in the like nitty gritty details of implementing some of these things. But I think to get there, we have to acknowledge some some truth about ourselves and about our business. And I think it really goes back to this post. My friend Tyler J. McCall posted, I think just yesterday, but it's irrelevant now that you're listening to this later. But he's talking about when we look around and like look at what other people are doing, we tend to say, I want their business or I want my business to be like their business. When in fact, that's not true. You want the results you think they have. (laughs) You don't necessarily want their business. So you don't know what it took to go into it. You don't know what failed, what debt they have. You don't know how like their marriage is going or what their relationship is with their kids. And I think if we can like acknowledge for what it's worth, why we're doing what we're doing. And then you go into this with a new mindset of I'm doing this not just because I want a bigger business, but I'm doing this to serve my people well. And I'm serving them well by offering them things they probably already need And here's how I'm going to do that. And then once you have that defined, I think it becomes a lot easier of, yeah, there are 75 different ways you could do this. And it could be immediate in the transaction. And it could be 
a year from now, but if you have it clear on how you're serving them, I think it it becomes more clear which avenues you should even try. Yeah, 100% agreed. I think the people that fall prey to that comparisonitis and I really want what they want is the people that don't know 100% what their idea of success is. We have a client that she has uh, she had a $750 business. She'll be hitting 2 million this year. No, a $750,000 business. That's not what year. I just said. You said dollar, just dollar in a thousand. <laughs> That's a big difference. And she's hitting yeah. two million this year. And we've talked to her about does she want to reach ten million? And she said, No, I don't want it. She's not going to fall victim to oh, I, you know, I want what's over there because she knows what she wants. But the people that don't know what they want don't know it because they haven't seen it yet. So when they see it, it's like the Pinterest thing. You don't know what you want until you see it. And then you start pinning the heck out of it. Oh, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see somebody else's business, you're like, oh, that's what I want because I see it now. That's what I want. But then you haven't lived it. So it's like you're living in somebody else's vision board almost. And so I think you just have to be really clear on what you want and kind of live in it for a little bit. Like when you move around furniture and then be like, hey, that's what I love. And that's what I want for my success. Well, and even if you do it, you might not actually decide you want it after you've tried. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know plenty of people who are like, I want to scale a business. I want to grow it. I want to do whatever. They're like halfway through it and they're like, you know what? I was actually way more comfortable and I worked a lot less and I enjoyed my life a little more before. And I'm okay with letting some of these balls drop. Yeah. I want to share this quote with you. Our coach said this to to us the other day and I wrote it down on a post-it note, which I rarely do. So this is mind blowing clearly, but it goes back to what Mina was saying is like, you need to first define what does success look like to you? What, how much are you working? How much are you making? What does that mean to you and your life and your family and your opportunities? And she said, you know, cause we're in a mastermind group. It's a bunch of high achievers. It's a bunch of people who are like, I want multi-million dollar business and this, that, and the other. And, and that's us. We've said that over and over again. But she also said having a $10 million business might not be the best way to make $10 million. And I was like, what the fuck just happened in my brain? And so it was just this really weird, like, oh, I've set this goal or this thing that I want in my life, but the way that I've told myself I'm going to get there might not be the best way. And so diversifying a little bit, right? And that's a whole nother conversation of like what your business actually is. But I think in the terms of this conversation, the examples that I'm seeing of, of people who are getting started in their business and they have product after product after product, whether it be physical or digital or service, we're adding on all of these things, thinking that's the thing that's going to get us to the goal that we think that we want. And we're seeing these other businesses that have a six-figure or seven-figure figure product or service-based business thinking that those are the decisions that we also need to make in order to reach those same goals. And I think this conversation of honing in on what's working can really help clarify the noise that is often around business building. And that's the go deep versus wide. So so looking at what they're actually coming to, and you guys can get feedback in product world, you get testimonial, you see what people are going for. There, there are going to be trends in your business of what people are coming to you for, or they're recommending you for, right? So if people are like, oh, go to this person for that, that's going to be the thing that kind of 
works best. So we all have another client that she has a crossover between a service. She does yoga and yoga for headaches. And then she also does apparel for yoga. And the hardest thing for her, so she had two types of businesses that technically were one, was merging the two. And so we were able to get her, she actually didn't start with yoga for headaches, but she's a neurologist that recommends people to her. And so we're like, this is what's being recommended. So if you're the person that people go to, to to learn how to manage migraines with yoga, and the added bonus is that they get to buy like that cute shirt from you that says like whatever it says, and they can wear it to yoga, they can wear it while they're lounging around the house. But we know, so now we can refer everybody that says, oh, I have a headache. Oh, you should call her. And so I think, I think it's that. So she was going into all sorts of stuff. Like she wanted to go into more shirts. She wanted to go into all types of yoga courses and we're like, go, go deep, not wide and be the person they send. People can send people to you for. Yeah. No, I think even just with like that specific niche, like I think it's so, it's so easy to want to do a million other things and you have to just put some blinders on. And sometimes the blinders have to stay on way longer than you're willing to admit. Cause you're like, okay, I get it. I'll focus. Two years later, you wake up and you're like, what have I been doing? (laughs) (laughs) We do have a good suggestion for that though. So I believe that that's your biggest strength too. People always say, don't get shiny ball syndrome, shiny object syndrome. I think it's your biggest strength to stay creative, but stay on the edge of it. So then Monday through Thursday, you're working on your business. You're staying focused. And Fridays are your get creative, get dirty, get messy, get creative on anything you want to do, whether it's self-care on your business, collaborating with other people, working on a whole new product, a whole new project. That's You can start a whole new side hustle. It's only for Fridays though. So you work it into your schedule. So you're exercising that muscle of being creative because that's the reason why you started your business. That's the reason why you're being successful is because you were creative enough, risky enough to try these new things. And But now you just have to save it for Fridays. Yeah. And it's almost impossible for us to turn it off, right? The te- especially the type of people listening. There's like like most of you, 99% of you are, are deep, deeply creative. It's discouraging and it hurts. And I've been in that zone of not creating for months and months and months at a time due to many, many different circumstances. And it freaking sucks. And so I love that building, just literally building in a play day for whatever may come of it, but only on Fridays. <laughs> yeah. And I think having the freedom and that it doesn't have to push your business forward, like it can simply be pleasure. So like when Emily started painting, like it was in a season of, I feel so stuck. And I think it allowed her to just get her mind off of things and like focus on other things. And I know for me, like, exercise and focusing on my health has been like all the best distraction. That's like actually really good for me in the end, but it allows me to, you know, in the season where our business tends to be lighter, focus on me. And so, you know, even if it's, you know, 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or on Fridays, you know, like I think taking those seasons or pockets and allowing that to fuel you is a great. So, before we like move on, I, I want to get a little more tangible for some people because I think some people are like, wait, I, I know you glossed over it, but let's let's go over it again. So say you have a customer, whether they're like in the middle of checkout or they're they've just become a customer, what what are the like, are there five different ways? Are there seven different ways? How many different ways can you approach 
you know, selling them something else or adding on something, whether that's in the moment or later on, just kind of spilling some ideas and brainstorming for our folks. I think you kind of have to go backwards a little bit. First, you need to know what your best seller is, because remember, you're going off the best seller. You already know what sells. You already know what people love. It's tried and true. So you're going off the best seller. So when other people are coming to you for that, you're just offering them more of those variations that you know sell. So when that new person comes, you're like, hey, this is our bestseller. Everybody loves this. For me, it's my animal friends, right? Everybody loves animal friends because their kids love to pick the little lion because the lion goes with the older kid and the, you know, the penguin goes with the little, the littler kid and they recognize their names and they recognize the letters. And so you're really just selling the story to them based off your bestseller and based off of the testimonials and the social proof. So when they come to you, you already know that they're going to buy because so many other people have bought that specific thing. So you may want to indicate on the website. So we talk about sort of like optimizing your pages for product. You may actually have on there like the five-star review by the product or for a course, you might say our best-selling course or the most popular course that we have. You might, you just kind of want to flag things like take those objections and don't expect them to end up in the Q and the questions section, but actually say it for them. So oftentimes on product, we tell you at the very top of on all pages, it's just a free shipping in the U.S right? Something like that. Or free shipping in the US plus free returns. It doesn't have to say that it's for ground. It doesn't have to say any of that. And then when let's say they land on that product page, it might also say free shipping right by the like buy now button. And then it might say made in the USA right there or our most popular thing or five-star review. And then here's some other five stars. And then do you kind of just want to simplify? I think on your pages, depending on how you've built it, what your templates look like, you want to sort of simplify and overcome objections when they land on certain places and or as if you were standing face to face with them say like, and this is our best selling course, or this is our best selling package, or this is our best selling product. I think that's the simplest uh, versus everything else you've sold one of. It doesn't matter where you're starting. <laughs> yeah, I would literally call the package that I I wanted every one of my photography clients to buy because it was the money I wanted to make from every client, the bestseller or the standard or bride's favorite, or like those kind of phrases where people just want to be told what to do. Everyone loves what everyone else loves. And so as soon as you get the opportunity to even have a bestseller, no matter what your business is, making that known everywhere, I think is super important. And it was only a dollar more. Yeah. 100%. Right. Right. 100%. (laughs) It's such a good example of the movie theater because they always up-level you or they always upsell you on the bigger soda for 25 more cents or the bigger popcorn for a dollar and you see it. So I think I think on your site, thinking about these things in real real life that we've dealt with, so same idea. You're trying to sell them a package and just for $25 more, they can add this added on template, which typically if you bought a la carte was a hundred and something dollars, right? And that's me, the impulse buyer, the one that's like, oh, I'm getting a deal. Yes. Cause there's me and there's Mina who shops in July. So you can, so thinking of however the structure your site is, whatever you're selling product, a product that's digital, a physical product, a service, you're just trying to do that. So as a service-based business with me, I, when I talk to my clients and I'm presenting them the one-on-one, You can work with me that for my highest package, which is my most popular package, and my clients that do this see the fastest results, and you get all of this. And then if you if that's not in your budget, you can work with me at my 
like strategy session, let's say, and you, but you don't get direct referrals to contractors. You don't get blah, 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 blah. And we'll only be able to talk about three topics, you know? So also that idea of taking away. And so I think that's a visual too on your website that you could show like the premium package. It's like when you're picking a phone plan, the premium package has all this with the check marks. And then if you downgrade, you lose some check marks. And if you upgrade, you get everything plus. Yep. And the only way to get those results is to focus on that thing and get it sold and get it life changing lives and get it doing big things. I think when we let ourselves get too scattered within our own business and not just on those Fridays, it, it literally self-sabotages the results that we could get from other things if we focus. So that's our tangent for today. <laughs> Do you want to take us into talk strategy to me? Yeah. So I would love if you guys could take this and break it down into three to five action steps that really allow someone to narrow down what it is that is their bestseller and then go deep instead of wide. So I think I'll just tell you sort of, I'll break it down for some things to think about. And then I'll have Mina kind of break down the strategy because as business partners, I'm sort of the idea person. And then she'll tell me like, all right, these are the steps. So if you have that person in your life. So the thing that we want you guys to think about are the variations of your bestsellers. So again, thinking about the labels, are there just different prints that you can offer, right? So think about your variations of your bestsellers. What can you bundle in your busy season? So I'll just bring up the little labels again for camp season. She actually takes her bottle labels and her clothing labels and puts them into a bundle and calls it the camp package. She's not making anything new for camp. She's just allowing you to buy all of them at the same time. Then we want you to think about cross-selling to other products. So again, that Amazon example, people who bought this may have also bought that. So being able to recommend products to your customers, products, services, offerings, whatever it is, saying, if you buy this, why don't you add this on? I just bought a photography package and someone said, and they said, well, you could buy the digital photos for X, but if you buy two physical prints from us, we're actually going to throw the digital photos in for a couple hundred bucks, right? So I'm like, ah, I might have to buy the physical prints. So cross-selling to these other products. And then the last part is that collaborating on the bestsellers. We didn't talk about that, but collaborations could be even things that are validating your product. So as seen on you know, seen in Forbes magazine or whatever it is, and then collaborating on something that works really well. So finding someone else that can sort of promote for you. So Mina, do you want to break it down for action steps? Yeah. Action steps. If you don't know what your bestseller is, step one, figure out what your bestseller is. Like testing is key for any product or service business. So get on a platform and test it out. This is crucial for any business as far as like learning the language of how you're going to sell. So a lot of times it's easier because you're like, Hey, I'm at this trade show. I'm just going to focus on this one candle and see how well it does. And then you take the data and if it didn't sell well, it didn't do well, right? If, you know, you just basically go through your line instead of trying to do so many things. You're talking it up, you're knowing how to speak on certain things, you know how to, you know, get people to make that initial purchase and you take that person's language and use it for the next person you're trying to sell to. So they may have asked questions about it. They may have given you a testimonial. Oh, my son has peanut allergies. This is what I use instead, right? 
And so you're really taking those people's stories and you're figuring out what your bestseller is. Once you know what your bestseller is, start selling the heck out of it. I mean, step two, that's on your website and everywhere you go. And then once you have that data of you're selling thousands or it does best on Amazon or it does best on flash deals, whatever it is, then you go to the collaboration people. You go to your wholesalers and say, this is our bestseller. You should sell it in your boutique. This is our bestseller. You should do a giveaway with me. This is our bestseller. Let's bundle something up and make it really cool. And then maybe we can like even co-brand on this because I know it will sell like hotcakes. And that's step three of really, really expanding your business. You see co-branding all over the place for celebrities because they have the clout, they have the baby manufacturer that already has a system in place and they're able to like know what's going to sell. I think you have to keep in mind that you're trying to earn their trust and all these things are trust indicators. The free shipping, the free returns, the guarantee, the testimonials, the hey, find us on this other platform. It's them validating in their minds that purchase and you literally have to earn their sale. So on your website, that's what you're trying to do is earn their sale. You know, they'll know, like, and trust. That's why on Amazon, it's so for easy for people to buy because they already trust Amazon. That's why the, their intention to buy is so high. They're going on there to buy. And then if they buy it on your website, they're going to need to validate that you are a legit business that can, you know, do all these things, hit all these things for you as far as trust. And then they might buy from you. If the price is right and you've, uh, you know, handled all their objections. Yeah. I think there's still that, that weariness of you're going to take my money and I'm not, I'm going to get the doll size dress instead of the, which has happened on Amazon. Amazon. And so, yeah, what Mina is saying is, is that no, like, and trust of people, oh, this is a human behind here. I am going to get delivered this product. It is going to look like this. And it has all of these other factors that I support. I think that those things might seem overwhelming for people who are just getting started. But I think if you're, if you're looking at this like a checklist of of what you could and would provide in person, if, if people were stepping into your actual shop or your store, you would be having those conversations or you would have those signs or they would you know understand those policies. So I think doing that serves a much bigger purpose than we realize. And so it is 100% worth your time. Yeah, I, it does seem a little bit overwhelming, but it's liberating too. When you figure out what your bestseller is, and it could just be, you know, selling 10 versus the one, it's a lot easier for you to feel comfortable selling it when that night might not be innate or natural to you because you sell other people's stories. This is what people have asked me about this product. This is what people have said. This is how many reviews we've gotten. This is how many, you know, we sell thousands of this a year. Whereas when you don't have that knowledge and you don't have that proof, you're kind of having to come up with a pitch yourself. And it's a lot harder to swing that yes. than it is to just say, hey, this is why it's best selling. Yeah. We need a celebrity to sell our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are celebrities. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Tell me but no, I mean, this okay. is a great example, right? So if we had something that we felt like, so we're just going to talk about service. If we felt like there was something that we had and we're like, hey, this is our best selling course, or maybe you guys, you guys do courses. This is our best selling course, the product bus. We think it would be great for your product people. We could collab on that and then sell it to our product people. And that's the collaboration. But you guys don't want to just sell us any of your courses or, or collaborate with us on any course. You want to say, this is our best selling one. And this is why it's perfect for your customer. And that's from data, right? You know, the most downloads and you know, the thing that people are having the best results with. So 
weight on that though. And people for wholesale, if you're selling to stores, you want to say to them, like, this is our best selling thing. You want them to just be able to say yes, like make it so easy for them to say yes. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for coming back on and breaking that down. I think it it worked perfectly for both physical product and service peeps listening. So I hope you guys got some good notes. Can you let everyone know where they can hang out and learn more from you online? Yeah. So we are a podcast as well. So if you're wherever wherever you're listening to this podcast, go on over and check out the Product Boss podcast, subscribe and take a listen. We've got some fun interviews. We are at the Product Boss on all the social channels and we have a giveaway or a download for you guys. And Mina's got that. Yeah. So our download is what is your customer's intention on every single platform? We get this question so much. Why are my customers not buying straight from Pinterest, right? because they're not intending to buy, they're intending to discover. So that actually lets you know what to post on each specific platform and seeing where their mind is. So that is at theproductboss.com slash marketing. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.